I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome to the Alan Podcast. In this episode today, we got into chatting with the Mr. Keith Jardine, the Dean of Maine. You may know him from knocking the Iceman Chuck Liddell out. You may know him from beating up Forrest Griffin. Um, he is a former light heavyweight champion of Earth. Seriously, big deal. Greatly appreciate the man sparing some of his uh, precious, valuable time with us here on the Alan Podcast. In this conversation, we get into the vulnerable side of Mr. Keith Jardine. Really, really beautiful. I greatly appreciate him being so gosh dang human with us here on the Alliant Podcast. Um, beautiful, beautiful conversation. One of my favorites, I would say. Um, getting into what's something that I've experienced in my own self is fear of our own potential. I think that is something that we see all over the place and it's a bit harder to pin down than like fear of heights or public speaking. It's insidious, it's deep, it's down inside our psyches, and I think most of us don't realize it. That's why we're working some crappy job that we don't really love or in some relationship that might not be serving us or anything. We can do bigger, better things, potentially, or maybe we're doing really well. I might not be speaking to everybody about this, but the fear of your own potential, putting yourself out on the line. That is something that I want to explore, and that's something we got into in this conversation. Um, as well, just got into insecurities and uh, how everybody's dealing with them. Even superstars, biggest, meanest, baddest, scariest, freaking wealthiest people in the world still dealing with this stuff, oftentimes even more than uh, random Farmer Joe. Uh, it changed my life. I remember Dana White. In, coming in, into the locker room afterwards and saying, dude, you just beat fucking Chuck Liddell. Like, your life is never going to be the same. Like, like we're, we're having like a therapy session right now, but like, <laughs> That's why wouldn't I let myself be successful? Um, yeah, man. I've had big fights. I was notorious for like, I've had some of the biggest fights with Forrest Griffin, with Chuck Liddell. Right. All that, but, uh, what's unique about all those fights? That The fight after that, I lost. Really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am still here in Morocco. I am renting an apartment out. Got a little office, rooftop, terrace, ocean view thing here, seeing clients, doing the podcast, surfing multiple times a day, and heading to Italy here in one week. And do a little hitchhiking mission tomorrow to the plan out in the mountains, do a little climbing. And then heading out to Italy. Give me suggestions, people. If you got any suggestions, I got my friend up here coming up. Hello, sir. Shukran. Salam alaikum. Hey, you say salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Yeah, that's my that's my homie. Uh, he's uh, got a little cat. Gives me a thumbs up all the time. Thank you, brother. Yep. Very soon, I leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been here for a month now. So they're like, when the, what? What is this guy still here? It's like, guy. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
please check out the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find the blog. You'll find hundreds of free videos on self-care and functional movement. You'll find the self-care kit, foam roller, hollow inside balls and bands, love and light, feed that tissue, the hydration that it loves. And uh, keep those tissues moving sexy and slightly the way baby Jesus intended it. Um, utilize the review button on iTunes. Subscribe, share, show your friends and your family. Hopefully this stuff helps. I'm going to do my best. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary of the podcast. And I am going to do my best to make the next year even better than the first. Um, I've gotten really good feedback from a lot of people. I've gotten constructive criticism from people as well. And I want you to know that I acknowledge anything that folks send in. And I greatly appreciate your feedback. And uh, I'm going to do my best to make this show work for you. I want it to be good for you. So let me know. Comments. Um, greatly appreciate it and what else oh quotes there's some quotes so I'm heading to Rome and I got uh, reading a lot of stoic philosophy and preparation because that's where all that stuff came from Greece slash Rome Epictetus something to think about for today Epictetus says we should rather than wanting events to conform to our desires make our desires conform to events so as opposed to constantly reaching out, wanting more, they call this hedonic adaptation. You get the thing that you wanted, the Corvette or the booty or whatever you're into, and you're stoked for two weeks, and then all of a sudden you go back to being yourself. We see this with lottery winners. We see this with anybody. You get the material thing, and then blah, 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 blah you're still stuck with you. So... What we can do to avoid this hedonic adaptation that we experience is uh, what the Stoics call negative visualization. It's the antithesis of the secret, essentially. And um, visualizing the loss of all this stuff that we have in our world, our relationships, our, uh, our anything, our job, our car, whatever it may be. The thing that you might have you know, maybe lost the luster for it. What if we visualize its demise and then wake up, open our eyes and ha ha, it's still there. That is the fastest route to satisfaction and tranquility and appreciation is visualizing, letting go of all this stuff and then, and then coming back and actually experiencing your appreciation for now, the present moment. Come on now, people. Another thing want to focus on for the year here coming up on our anniversary as we know is uh as bruce lee said hacking away the superfluous it is not about addition but it is about subtraction what is there any kind of hanging frayed fabric tattering in the wind in your life in the form of relationships that don't serve you um, in the form of joints that maybe don't move perfectly functional really dialing in every aspect of yourself every aspect of your job of your your life your car everything is it exactly oh shit oh oh i thought i stopped recording but i'm still recording <laughs> uh so uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, honing in every last little nook and cranny of yourself 
until eventually everything becomes one. This could be the singularity when every aspect of your life becomes exactly in tune with the ultimate expression of yourself. I think that's my preferred version of singularity. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate your time and your care and your appreciation. Uh, looking forward to coming back to the United States. See you guys soon. Mr. Keithy, Keithy, Keithy Jardine. What? Align Podcast. With the fighting, because, I mean, that's obviously a big part of your life. How is it transitioning away from being, you know, professional fighter? I mean, you're still a professional fighter, but you're not really fighting so much. Like, what's, like was there any kind of identity crisis moment? It was like, am I in the MMA anymore? Like, what was that like transitioning out of that? Well, um, again, I never had that moment where I announced on Twitter or whatever that I retired. I just, because I, I just, I, I just kind of moved forward and started looking at a different thing, trying to look at the acting, trying to do different things. Um, I never identified myself as a fighter. Awesome. Um, I see a lot of people do that. You don't identify yourself. I'm not a, kid, a coffee salesman. And, right. Um, <laughs> But that, that's just my art. That's that's how I express myself. That's I express awesome. myself through fighting. Now I'm I'm trying to learn how to express myself through acting. That's right. Um, and, and and so it's more like more just continuing growing than than sh- um, changing or stopping and switch sh- shifting directions. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, man, I dig that. Yeah, that's that's like I think that's something that. That's a slippery slope, man. I think a lot of people do that in our society. We, we identify ourselves with our career, you know, or the instrument we play or whatever it is. It's like, what happens when you lose your hands? You know, <laughs> it's, it's like that, that can happen anytime. Yeah. You know, when you go, your wife and kids, are, are, are you still a fighter? Who are you at that point? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Well, and so, so you had the yoga business going on. You got the coffee business going on. You're, you're, are you, do you think you'll ever come back to fight again? Um, man, no, I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people hope I don't. Um, there's no real reason for me to, as right. far as like, I'm not going to go compete for the belt again. That's right. Um, I'm sure it's been a long time. Like, like, I don't know. But if I can win three fights and or two fights and then get into the UFC and then win another four, that's what seven fights in a row right now. I don't know if that's going to happen, but right. I would love to go and do it just to be healthy now because when you're sick, when you're not healthy, oh, sick's not the right way. Well, a lot of us in America, where we're sick, we don't know it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what, you, what you're talking about, like with the teas or whatever. Once you find a way to like, oh, I feel a little bit better now. Right. Oh, I didn't realize how bad I felt before. Now, how much better can I feel? Right. You know, and, and it's just education, trying to feel better, trying to feel better. Now it's like, man, now I feel really good. Um, I still think I, I, I still don't think I've recovered from my fighting days yet. I st- anyways, uh, but um, I never, I haven't felt this good since I don't know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I don't know. Awesome. So maybe like I want to go in there and just like fight one last time and just like. Like, um, not even worry about winning or losing. Like, this is just me going out there, fighting, doing whatever. I've worked on I work on boxing all the time now. I'm still training all the time. I'm right now. I'm a better fighter than I've ever been, and that's the truth. I'm older, right? 
um, I guess my reflexes have slowed. I don't know. I'm eating better. My nutrition's better. I don't know. Maybe they haven't. Right. But I'm a better fighter than I've ever been. So I'd like to go and just like experiment with that. But but that's not my passion right now. And maybe it'll happen um, if someone called me tomorrow about some fight on short notice. Like I always have a hard time turning fights down. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, that's not going to happen. Is it? But that's where that's that's what I deal with in my mind right now. I go to boxing. I got a new boxing gym. I go there all the time. I hit the bags. I move around. Like I feel good. Like I'm a better boxer than I've ever been. I go to grappling. I grappled yesterday. I'm out of shape, but I still can compete with all these guys and do really well. Yeah. So so I still got my toes in the water, but that's a long way to say I don't know. <laughs> Did you say you feel like you haven't completely recovered? Nah, nah. What does that mean? Uh. If I go and have a hard grappling day, um, when I was training all the time in the end, I was basically a zombie. Right. I would I would get myself up, and I would you know, I'd hobble into the grappling room and and go do whatever. And I knew how to get myself up, and I find my way to get my few rounds in, and then I go eat, I go home, go to sleep, get up, go to and I just I'll walk around zombie my. My um, brain fog, I had no idea what brain fog was back then, but I was foggy all the time. Right. Sometimes when I train, uh, when I have a good hard training session, I'll get pushed pretty hard or something like that. I'll be like that again for two years, two, a couple of days. And 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 I, I just, it's almost like a flashback. And like I know like, even though like on those days I eat more carbs, I do things, I still don't have all that worked out yet. Huh. So I think that's, sorry, go ahead. Oh, do you think that's from getting freaking cranked in the head, <laughs> or do you think it's from diet, or do you think it's from overtraining, or what? I think it's from overtraining, just grinding metal for all those years. I think it's from diet, from from eating those high sugar, bad sugars, processed foods, um, gluten, all that stuff. Sandwiches, these people, I mean, I eat sandwich three times a day. Um, <sighs> They're so delicious. <laughs> I don't I don't do a lot of bread anymore just because I've, I've like slowly – it wasn't even like I felt like I needed to stop eating bread. It was just like it kind of just stopped happening. Yeah. But god dang, sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lettuce wraps don't quite do it either. No, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> so what, well, what helps? What's, what, what have you found to be, be helpful? As far as feeling better? Yeah. Um. Doing the high fat diet and I uh, taught myself how to get off sugar, like where you used to. I used to um, have to have sugar to feel satisfied after a meal, a certain degree of sugar, which puts you on that roller coaster right. and gets you highly inflamed and all that. Right. Like now, now I don't feel that satisfied until I have a certain amount of fat. Um, like if I have chicken and broccoli, I'll never be, and rice, I'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Um, that that's the main. Sorry, this is on. On over. That's the main thing. Um, um, eating that that paleo style style of eating, um, like I don't have to eat all the time. Like I haven't had a meal yet today. Um, I had a Dolce breakfast bowl this morning. I just plugged Dolce. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, but um, it's great. The breakfast bowl I had that this morning, which is really just chia seeds and, and, and hemp seeds and all that, and some coconut milk. Right. But I haven't had a real meal yet today, and I'm fine. I'm functioning great. Nice. Um, yeah. So where are they going? What do I do different? Paleo diet. There you go. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So I wonder, do you see like, so for me, if I got something that I'm stressed out about, 
you know, if I have some whatever big thing that's like not even close to anything that you, you know, the, the big experiences in your life dwarf anything that I've ever done, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you know, I'll have whatever, whatever thing, presentation or something like that coming up the next day, or I got to go do something I'm a little nervous about. It's hard for me to fall asleep the night before sometimes. What was that like before fighting, you know, going in fighting Chuck Liddell or going in fight, you know, like the night before your preparation for that? Like, what did that look like? The night before, um, well, first of all, everyone's monsters are different. Yeah. Um, it's about being prepared. Um, right. I would much rather go fight some monster in the ring then stand up in front of 100 people and give a speech. <laughs> right. That's the honest to God truth. Um, I would fight two monsters at the same time before doing that. <laughs> and uh, and it's just about preparation. Like You go in the gym and you train and you feel good. You did a good camp and you're prepared. And if you know that you're prepared, you, you, you can sleep well. Right. Um, the day of, that that was, for me, that was always hard though. And I'm sure it's with you the day of giving the, the big speech. The night before, like, I, I had my my post-weighing meal. I did everything. Like, I actually feel really happy and ready to get this going on. But I just know when I wake up the next morning, when you wake up, and I've never been able to, able to figure this out, um, oh, my God, it's just the longest day I've ever had between before every fight. Right. Um, I can't sleep. Um, I can't eat. Uh, I can't do anything. And the fear is all fear about self-performance. You're not fear about fighting this monster or whatever, but how am I feeling? How am I going to do tonight? Right. I want to do well. It's all about an internal struggle. Yeah. And I don't know too many fighters that's been able to finish that, figure that out. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, a, a big part of that, I think that's what causes you to show up. You know, that, I think that's what causes you to perform is yeah. that fear. You know, I think likely if you were totally nonchalant about it, you probably wouldn't do as well, yeah. you know. But then it comes down like, well, you choke, you know, as if fear becomes so much that it's like, eh, I can't perform. And then I think the preparation is the thing that matters the most. There's a good fight story that relates to just what you said. I was fighting this guy. This one, people ask me what my favorite fights are. And I never say the obvious ones. I always say someone that doesn't know about, like a long time ago in the UFC, I fought a guy named Wilson Govia. Um he was, he's American top team. He's still considered like one of the best athletes ever, ever out of American top team. He just never performed really well in game day. Right. And I hurt my knee really bad in that fight. Like for like uh, three weeks before, all I could do is ride a bike and do that. But I'm like, whatever, I'm just fighting this Wilson Govia guy I never heard of. And and I was really full of it and, and stuff back then. And even the day of the fight, like I've been watching my friend fight. And oh, this is great. I was just so laid back. Oh, there's a, oh, oh, it's my turn to fight. Oh, I walk in the ring. I'm going to do this fight. Like, no big right. deal. Like, I'm just feeling awesome. And I thought this way. I finally got this all worked out. Right. So the fight starts, and I proceed to get wor beat worse than I've ever got beaten in the first round, probably. <laughs> he, he broke my nose in the first few seconds. He hurt my knee again by kicking it, and he just hammered on me for that first round. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, then I was in a fight, and then it took me all that time. Like I, I started winning. Like I won like the last twenty seconds in that round. It gave me confidence. I go back into the ring and I win the next two fights in a round, and I win the fight. But that was a struggle, and that was just um, you're talking about before that fight. I was just too like whatever. I'm gonna go to this fight, and, and, and just too casual. I wasn't right. nervous. Yeah. So what did, have you ever seen like a 
like a sports psychologist or anything like that, or like just good advice from other veteran fighters? Like, what's the best advice that you got to work with that? Um, well, one of the best things that helped help me is um, the guy that I always looked up to the most is George St. Pierre. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I've trained with him a bunch. Um, I still look up to him as a person and, and all that. Like, he's a great guy. Um, I walked into his fight. I've been in his corner a couple times before he fought. And, oh, my God, he's worse than I ever was. Right. The guy that I look to, up to and the guy that just destroys it and is so confident. and He's in every moment of the fight. He's present. I uh, went to his locker room, and it's just like like, like a funeral, like every the tension, you can just feel it. And, and he's just sitting in the chair, like he could barely even acknowledge me and, mm. and all that. And it's just like, wow, that's George St. Pierre. And, and like, and to talking to Greg Jackson, George would be like, he said this before, so I'm not spilling anything. He'd be like, coach, I just hope the stadium falls in right now so I don't have to do this. Wow. <laughs> they do. That's amazing. You hear that a lot of fighters, like going to fights, like, man, I wouldn't mind if the plane crashed right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But um, there, there's a lot of stuff that, I, that I've read and work. The Book of Five Rings. There's old old samurai stuff. Yes. That, yeah. I have that book sitting right here, actually, Miyamoto Musashi. Yeah. Yeah, super, yeah. super cool book. A lot of the sports psychologists, they just regurgitate old stuff. I've had sports psychologists, and and I've talked to them. and Like, I've, I've learned some things. Uh, but a lot of it is just regurgitating old, old, old stuff. I got a book called that talks about old family family. Okay, here, here's another one too. Yeah, yeah. Jackson, he always says this thing called seek death um, during his fights. Huh. Uh, he, he gets that from a thing that, that we did a long time ago. I was reading this whole Japanese book that had Japanese samurai doctrines passed down from family to family. Right. And when you go and approach a fight, they're saying you, you go there without the intention to win that fight. You're there for, for, for the process. You, you, you go there. Uh, not not to not lose a fight, not to win the fight. You go there, you go in that fight to die every time. That's because there's always a point where, where there's like a crossroads in the fight. And you can go, this is the logical way. This is the, this is the easy way out. Or this is the way, the hard way. And that's the death way. And to seek that, that. Because if you're only, if you're looking for death the whole time, if you're looking to, if you're looking for that, you, you become you're no longer worried about winning or losing. You're just there for every moment of the fight. And you're present, and you're less likely to make the wrong decision because of self-preservation. Or, wow, man, yeah, that's beautiful. You know, I think that that's like there's an there's an actor. I'm spacing his name right now. I was trying to come up with it, but he was a super famous actor back in like the like 60s, 70s. And one of the one of the stories that I've heard about him several places is that before he would perform. He performed since he was, you know, young kid. Before he performed, even when he was seventy-four years old, he would still vomit before his performance. You know, it's uh, like, it's, you know, it's like you think, like, wow, this guy. I'm, you know, disappointed myself. I don't remember his name, but um, I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. You know, like but it's, performance. Um, yeah, you know, before trying, yeah, before, yeah exactly. You know, yeah. and because he cared so much about it. Yeah. The big thing. You know, I think that's the really amazing thing. If you have something in your life that you care so much about that you, you know, your nerves are so tense that you are vomiting beforehand, like maybe we don't need to necessarily vomit, but like, wow, that means you're alive. You know, and I think that's all, all the really this, important thing. All this talk is making me really want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Just that alive <laughs> feeling, you're never more alert than when you're walking to that cage. Right. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. So does, it, does it become, did it become addictive for you then? No, I wouldn't say addictive. Um, it just become, you know, towards the end there, um, I talked to people a lot about this. It was like the fog of war. Um, right. It became like just going through the motions. This is, this is what, what um, I do. I train and, and I go fight. And um, it's just like years go by and it's like after one fight, you got a few weeks off and you start training again and whatever. You're always training. And, right. and just that fog of war and then just to get out of that is like, wow. Like So, so, so anyway, it yeah. just became too routine after a while is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that with a lot of guys that's fought a lot. They don't have that hunger anymore. Right. And it just kind of changes a little bit for them. Yeah. Well, I wonder, you know, like with a lot of things, it's like a lot of really successful people, they get to that point because of they're trying to fill some void in their life, you know, and they end up filling that void with money, with sex, with fighting, you know, with what, with training. It's just like, wow, he's amazing. He trains eight hours a day. It's like, well, maybe it's because every time he stops training, he thinks about who he, you know, he thinks about his feelings, you know, or, or something else, you know, so, God, a lot of, so right, man. Is that, was there anything like that with you at all? Absolutely. You're so right about that, man. What's, um, what, 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 what was the deal? Like when you're training, that's when you feel like you've actually, I can sleep at night because I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. um, Doce actually taught, told me that. Like he's, he worked with me for my last couple of fights, but it doesn't, he didn't really work with me. Like he, like I was kind of too far along. Like I couldn't really listen to what he was saying. Like he told me how to rest and all that. Like, right. you know, he would tell me like, just go do a long run and just like a meditative run and just enjoy yourself up in the mountains and just kind of job like we're having a conversation like we're working that hard yeah i would get out there but then i'll, I'll sprint uphill for half an hour right. um I, I just couldn't let myself do that ever right and and that's where you're talking about being healthy now that's one of the other ways i'm healthy it's like one amazing thing now is i heard um mark Sisson talking about this in his book about how he did tri triathlon he was like a competitive triathlete yeah and he started doing this primal style culture and and um, and lifestyle. He's working out far. He was he's talking about how he like he would just overkill himself training, train, train, train. Like I see triathletes that I know right now doing that. And he said he took a bunch of time off. And he started doing this this lifestyle and and he liked it. And he felt better. And he gave himself a go to give another race without even barely training for it. And his time was comparable to what he did before. Right. And, and I experienced that with fighting now too. Like because like I used to think. I would be on a road and, and I'd be hitting the treadmill doing t t Tabatas every, every time I was on the road just to stay in shape because I got to be back and I got to whip these guys up and practice. Right. <laughs> and, and I had this moment um, when I first took about a year off of doing anything, maybe eight months, maybe a year. I didn't grapple. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I came into um, Greg Jackson's and, and I don't know why. I'm going to just give it a go. I'm going to go grapple. And I was scared, man. I was scared like from the first days because like, I didn't know. I got a lot of ego still, and all these guys are gonna be like, "Hey, I tapped out Keith Jardine, or I made him my bitch, or whatever." Right, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I go in there, and I did really good. I beat everybody, even guys in the UFC. I beat everybody. And this right. is with barely running, barely training, everything. I'm like, "What? I don't understand." Right. Because I was healthy, because it was I was fresh. My mind was clear, and I, yes. I could I could think in the moment. And, right. And that's why it'd be cool to apply that stuff again. But you know what? I don't need to. I, I can go. I went to practice yesterday, and, and, and 
if you can do your art in front of nobody, um, then it's an art. You don't have to do it in front of everybody to, to be an art. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's like you look at like Scarface, Al Pacino. He's like in the mansion and he's got all the naked girls and he's got the Uzis and he's got the pile of cocaine. You know, it's like, and so you look at that, it's like, whoa, look how, look what he created. You know, he created this huge empire. Meanwhile, he's completely insane, you know, or he's being driven insane. You yeah. know, he'd be way more happy with like, you know, just a little pile of cocaine in a cabin somewhere out in the woods, yeah. probably. <laughs> or, you know, instead of a large empire of cocaine in a match. <laughs> or if you asked him the ha- happiest he probably was, like if, if this guy's a real character, is that as he was just starting amassing all this fortune and going through these trials to become who he was before he actually got it. The path, the journey is more important than the end. And that's probably when he was hungry. That's when he was having the most fun. And and that goes to my quote um, that we have on our, on our our mugs. I got from my buddy Tate Fletcher. Um, It says on the back right here. um, Tate told me this once and I've always carried it with me. Never let your, um, never let your, um, what's it say? Don't let your memories become larger than your dreams. And, and I live by that every day. Um, like I've never been like... That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still in my prime, man. That's beautiful, man. And it's, it's, the, it's the, the, the outlook, the perspective. You know, it's like I know a lot of people that are in their freaking early 20s that they're old. You know, yes. like they're already starting to suck. <laughs> it's like, and it's all that perspective. It's like, well, now I, you know, I owe $120,000 for my, you know, because now I you know, got my, my dentist degree or whatever. So I owe that and I got the mortgage and then I got the dog and then I got the, the car that I don't own. I got all this crap, you know, this superfluous extraneous stuff that right. I need to manage. It's, deta- it's separating me from the initial set point of me. Yeah. You know, and I think that we can end up filling all those voids with a lot of different things. And then we end up respecting the people. We have a very interesting perspective on who are the heroes in our culture. You know, well, the heroes in our culture are the people with the biggest muscles, the people with the most money, the most women, you know, the most like whatever. And it's like it's these material things, you know, that we, we think are is the most important thing because it's, it's visible. It's quantifiable. We can look at it, measure it. You know, but it's a lot of times I think when you look at those people like muscle heads, you know, people that are walking around like a stiff board, <laughs> like they have, you know, some object up their ass. You know, it's like yeah. I think oftentimes with that, they came from a place of insecurity. Yeah. You know, they got they got whooped as a kid. They didn't get paid attention to enough. I'll show you. Yes. You know, I'll kick your ass. You know, yeah. it's like I, th- I think that that's is that something that do you think is that? With martial arts, I know it ends up easing people's temperament a lot. I think because you know when you know that you can, when you know you can do damage, you don't really need to be like barking so much. You know, you don't need to be tooting your horn. But I wonder, is that something that you saw a lot with peers or you know fellow colleagues, fighters that is like they're working around some other insecurity or or not so much? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to put um, words in your mouth. <laughs> no, but um, that's what drives you to be a fighter, I think. Um, Interesting. Like a lot of fighters I know, a lot of them never got in fights on the street. Right. Didn't fight in high school or whatever. Right. Like I fought a few times here and there. Like, um, But you're talking about insecurities, but I think there's always like, 
like they come from humble backgrounds or, or whatever. Like I just, man, I don't know. I, I'm going. I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, uh, a lot of guys seem, seemed. I, I know a lot of guys are real humble. They're not. They're not the guys who were the exceptional athletes in school, right. and whatever that for whatever reason they they, they got drove to do. Uh, mixed martial art, um, go to their um, karate school or taekwondo as a kid or whatever, and, and to do that. Um, like I said before, the bullies, the guy, um, I don't know, god damn it. I'm just, I'm rambling. Everybody's insecure. Really. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Everybody's covering up for something, and that's ah. the truth, man. That's why I can't. Yeah. And, and once you realize that, that, that then um, <laughs> I, it, it makes it easier for you. Goddamn me, like, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> I come from such a small, poor family, all that. Right. I never talked for myself. My sister used to always talk for me. I was always so quiet. I got a job when I first went to Albuquerque as a personal trainer, and I got ulcer-like pains in the stomach. I, I had to go to the doctor and check it out. I had to sleep on a bottle every night because I was so nervous to have to talk to a client for an hour the next day. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely <laughs> true. Um, talk about insecurities. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, but that's amazing. That's like, that's the, that's the most amazing thing, you know, and it's, and I think it's priceless that we're talking about this because you're mother freaking Keith Jardine, you know, is, is, and so like to have that, you know, everybody, everybody has their demons, you know, that they're dealing with. And I think that that's the big thing. Everybody. If we can, but the problem with this is, I think about this a lot, you know, is even when you talk about, you know, the, the, the demons that you, it's not oftentimes the demons that I'm dealing with. It's the demons that I dealt with. You know, everything, it's always past tense because we're too insecure to talk about the stuff that we're dealing with in the moment because it means that we're weak. It means that we're insecure. It means that we haven't conquered the thing. You know, we have to create this image 100% of the time that like, Oh, this is a thing that I felt, you know, two years ago. I've moved, I've moved on since then. And what that does is that puts out to the world that like, oh, wow, okay. Like, it's not okay to feel something in the moment. You know, like I need to conquer it. I need to, you know, I'll go off into my hole and like deal with this shit, you know, and then eventually I can emerge. But it's like everybody's dealing with stuff. Yeah. Uh, I read this book. Um... I think it was positive thinking, um, not positive thinking, positive, positive intelligence. Mm -hmm. And they talk about it, and it's really helped me out a lot, is, is, is naming all those people you're talking about that you feel. Like there's, um, oh, there's hyper-rational Keith again. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's martyr Keith. He's being a martyr. Like being right. able to enable, enable and all that stuff that comes from your childhood, just being able to label them and know who they are, like that's very helpful. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Once you, you know, once you can give it a title, you know, you can, you yeah. can once you can really quantify it, put your hands on it, yeah. it becomes a thing. It's not this slippery, you know, fish that yeah. always gets away from you. It's like, no, 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 no. I got you. You know, I, I see you. Yeah. You're writing an email and like, all right, Is that, that, that's ego Keith talking there. Right. Right. Like, calm down, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what's what's so what's the evolution? So that's my curiosity with like coming out of the UFC. You know, is like I wonder because that's that's beautiful for the ego. I would you know I would imagine, you know, it's like coming away from that. It seems like you've had a really good transition, and it seems like you've had a really like reflective, interceptive. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't know you when you were fighting the UFC, but it seems like you really enjoy digging into what's happening with you. I wonder is that. 
I do now a lot more yeah. than and, um, back then. I knew that I knew that I had these insecurity problems and things like that, and, right. and um, I had problems like like we're, we're having like a therapy session right now. But like, <laughs> that's great. Why wouldn't I let myself be successful? Um, yeah, man. I've had big fights. I was notorious for like. I've had some of the biggest fights with Forrest Griffin, with Chuck Liddell, right. all that. But uh, what's unique about all those fights that the fight after that I lost, right? What was going on? I wouldn't let myself be successful. Some sort of perception. I couldn't visualize myself as being the champion. I knew, in, but at the same time, I knew in my heart and my soul that I was better than anybody in the world. Mm. I had no question about that. But I couldn't see myself being champion. I didn't even know if I wanted to be champion. Um, I see these guys sitting. In, like just dreaming of that and I would go to a fight and watch a fight and just be nervous. Right. Um, yeah, so 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 even so now looking back like I can understand a lot more about who that was and, and where that was coming from and, and all that. Yeah. And I have a way better outlook on everything. Back then I was just like you're talking about in the fog of war like if I could I would never change anything, but if I if I could give myself a good pep talk back then, a good um, advice, yeah, it would be take a year off. Cool, take That's a year off. I love Do that. Else. And, and you're not you're not going to get worse. You're going to get better. Right. Um, That's just awesome, man. Be somebody else for a while. That's and, so cool. You know, and so speaking of therapy sessions, <laughs> I need therapists too, Keith. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning on um, traveling. So I'm, I, I, I mentioned already I'm doing, doing this, the Health Unplugged event in London, October 31st. And then uh, from my there. Birthday. Oh, cool. Happy birthday yeah. almost, man. You know, and so if you're in London, that'd be great to, great to grab a drink oh. or whatever, grab, grab oh. a butter, buttery coffee. Sure. You know, but, um, you know, so that it's a similar concept of like feeling like I need to be, you know, Aaron Alexander, self care, movement guru bullshit you know or like i need to have create keep creating the empire you yeah. know it's like that's bullshit you know it's like i don't need to do anything you know what i what i need to do is i need to be genuine with myself you know what i need to do is i need to recognize that i'm gonna die you know it's like <laughs> when you die it doesn't matter how many foam rollers you sold or how many arm bars you freaking yeah. executed you know, I think that all the time. Um, you're gonna be an old man one day, and you're gonna spend a, a large percent portion of your life being an old man. Right. So the goal too is is to be there and, and find whatever Zen mind where you're just cruising on to the end, and it's just like like I've discovered, I've experienced things, whatever, and like I'm happy being where I'm at right now, and this is the, nice. the apex of my life, and I'm just gonna cruise on to the end. Radical, but like you don't have to worry about that, and that's a good point though because like. Your natural self is so so engaging. Like when you came up to me in Paleo FX, you know, Keith, whatever, like you mentioned, we talked a little bit. Uh, we should do a podcast sometime. Well, I don't know who you are and about your podcast, but your energy was so awesome. Absolutely. I'd love to do a podcast with you. Like, no question. That's right. It's just because you being yourself sells yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's something I talk about a lot is that that's something that lacks in the industry in general, like we, the world would be a better place, you know, yeah. if people were just them freaking selves, you know, and that's the thing, that's the thing that we get wrapped up in is like, is like, as mentioned before, is like, we talk about the struggles we dealt with in the past, as opposed to talking about the present moment of like, you know, I was feeling lonely this morning. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, you know, like we can't talk about that, you know, but it ends up making everyone feel almost like robotic. I think, you know, it's like, we can't be in the present moment with those emotions. You know, do you have, do you help other fighters or other people with the, the things that you've gone through yourself or you still feel like you're just working with it, your own, with your own self? Nah, not some fighters. Um, fighters are weird, man. Um, and people, the way people approach fighters, anybody comes up to me and talks to me, like I'm happy to talk to them and give them whatever advice. Right. But it's usually opposite of what they're thinking already. Right. And it's almost like a baseball player that that um, that that bats and does all this, his superstitions and does all this saying every time before he gets up to the plate. Right. And tell him to change that. No. Right. <laughs> that that's this is how I've got to where I'm at right now. Like. Right. I'm not going to train less. Right. And, and that's when it becomes really hard. So, so, so there's, a, there's a few guys that, that, that ask me questions or, or I advise to. But, man, really, that, that's some, that struggle is something you got to work out on your own. Huh. The, the thought kind of has to be, what's right. that called? When, when you think of it on your own, it's your, your own original thought. Epiphany? That, that, yeah, that has to happen on your own, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For it to be, maybe somebody can lead you on that way a little bit, but until you decide on your own, like it's just, just another guy talking to you. Awesome, man. So, where do people find? It was so fun to get to chat with you, man. By the way, I can't, I can't wait till you come back, come out to Oregon, or I come out to New Mexico, or we'll see some. I'm doing a ton of travel in the next like six months. That I already told you so. It's we'll uh, hopefully I get to run into you. But how do people travel, man? How do how do people um, contact you? How do people find the coffee? I can't wait to try it. Um, Anything you got? How do people contact you? Kmancoffee.com. Um, uh, you were talking about before about being yourself. Like I never have a problem selling my coffee and plugging my coffee because, like I said, I was just selling it before I even made money off of it. I really believe in the lifestyle and how it shoehorns you into a certain lifestyle and, and about feeling better. So Kmancoffee.com. You can follow me, Keith Jardine. Two zero five on Twitter and Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome, brother. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, man. All right. Cheers, brother. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body. You can check out the online coaching where we work out, work out how to optimize your movement practice so that you can live optimally and pain-free for the rest of your life. As well, be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and a massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye.
Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.